today on uh, the, if you will, Peter's sermon, part number two. I don't know a better way to, to title it, if you will, but, but Peter uh, is preaching a message at the day of Pentecost, and we've broken it up into two different messages here. The Holy Spirit came down, filled the house where they were sitting, and uh, Peter began, and Peter stood up in the couple verses. I can't remember exactly what verse. In verse number fourteen, maybe Peter stands up and begins to preach, and he preaches the message, uh, what God has laid on his heart. And uh, Peter begins to describe to the people what Christ did, and it's amazing, you know. I, and again, it's one of those things. I I've read it. I've read Acts before, multiple times in my life, but. I don't know that I've ever really studied it out. In Acts chapter number 2, Peter is beginning to preach, and we talked about this last week, but Peter preached last week, and he was quoting the book of Joel. And he is prophesy, He is telling us that Joel prophesied of this day when the Holy Spirit would come down. And uh, he begins and he tells how Joel prophesied and how the uh, young men will dream dream uh, will preach prophesy and all those all those things that he pro- he quoted the book of Joel and he moves directly from the book of Joel and begins to quote David King David and honestly I'd never looked at David being a a prophet but in the scriptures there are three different ins- or I I believe three or four different instances that I was studying out where David got to see prophecy. And David prophesied in the book of Psalms, chapter number 22 is the description of the cross. Psalms 22. Psalm 69. And then today's message, which Paul pre, uh, Peter preaches from, is Psalms chapter number 16. And we'll read that in just a few minutes. But Peter begins to preach and he quotes David. And I believe one of the reasons why is because he was speaking to the Jews. And he wanted them to understand and he wanted them to believe. Because the Jews needed a sign to believe. And not only that, but Jews put so much stock in the Old Testament patriarchs that he need, they needed proof from an Old Testament patriarch. And what do you mean by that? I mean someone who made a difference in the Old Testament. See, they looked to Abraham. They looked to Moses. They looked to King David. David was a man that, uh, the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. King David served uh, as the king of Israel for a, a good while. King David is a man that the children of Israel, the Jews, looked up to. And so Peter uses this scripture here in Acts chapter number 2, to display what David saw. Now, or David prophesied up. Now, some of this scripture, I would say, that uh, I, I, would, I would even venture to say that maybe even David, I, I don't know what God allowed him to see, but God allowed him to pen it. And God allowed him to, to write the scripture that, that one day would come to pass. And we'll read it in Psalms chapter 16. But as we look at this today, God allows him to look forward into time. And Peter looks back on, on David's writing. But it's important to note this. 
is that Peter was preaching it in his language and everybody sitting in that auditorium could hear it in their own language. I, there were, I believe, I think 18 different groups of people that spoke different languages. Can you imagine what confusion it would have been if it wouldn't have happened? See, in the verse number 38 is the verse, we're not going to get to that today, but in verse number 38, 39, uh, there were, then it begins to tell us how many people got saved. That after the end of his preaching, 3,000 people got saved. And the reason that took place was because they could understand what Peter was saying and Peter was preaching it in his language and they were hearing it in their language. Beautiful. Orchestrated by God. The thing that most of the time in today's society is misconstrued and misused. But God used it to save people. And, to, and again, Peter preaching to give the people uh, what they needed to hear. So let's look, if you will, at this text in Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 25. And uh, let's begin reading. It's a pretty, pretty good lengthy bit of Scripture. We're not going to stand for it. Let's, uh, let's begin reading verse number 25. The Bible says, For David speaketh concerning him. Who's him? Him, Jesus, all right? So David spoke concerning Jesus. I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. But thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me speak freely unto you of the patriarch David. That he is is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet... And knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would rise up, Christ, to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up. Whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth (coughs) this which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord saith unto my Lord, Set thou on my right hand. Until I make the fo- thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus, whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, David, uh, again, Peter's kind of trying to explain to them what's taken place 
in trying to give it to them the best way he knows how so that they will believe that Jesus truly was the Son of God. Now, at this point, there are still people in this world that do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And at this point in history, when Peter was preaching, there were a bunch of people that did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. They believed it was, it was uh, that they staged the whole thing. They took his body and they hid it. Even Mary, uh, or I'm sorry, even Martha asked where they put the body of Jesus when she first went to the tomb. So there were skeptics then, there's skeptics now, and there will always be skeptics of the Bible. But whether you are a skeptic of it, whether you believe it or not, it doesn't change the fact of the truth and, the, and, the, and how true the Bible truly is. Whether you believe it or not, it's still true. The Bible is still true. Number one, let's look today at what did David see? What did he see? In verse number, now I want to turn, if you want to, if you want to turn with me very quickly uh, to Psalms chapter 8, 16. I just want to read that text to you of uh, David prophesying here in, uh, in the book of Acts. Uh, uh, prophesying in the book of Psalms, Peter quoting that scripture. Uh, Psalms chapter 16 and verse number 8. The Bible says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to seek corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. He got to see the Lord before him, is what he says. He saw the Lord before him. And David said in verse number 25 of chapter number 2, he said, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. He got to see what was going to take place. He got to see the Lord being crucified. He got to see the Lord being put in the ground. He got to see those things. The Old Testament saints really must have been kind of puzzled at the idea that the Holy One would die and rise again. The Messiah would die. But this prophecy was more clear now than it ever had been before that David prophesied that Jesus would die and rise again from the dead. That's what was going to take place. The Holy One of Israel would defeat hell, would defeat the grave, would defeat sin. This is what the Old Testament prophet David was saying. Jesus rising from the dead was the fulfillment of this prophecy. Moreover, verse number 26, Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. <coughs> the primary reference to in that scripture is speaking about the body of Christ lying in the grave. Christ's resurrection was guaranteed to take place. We read that last week, that there was no way that, hit, that, that uh, the grave could hold him. There was no way that death could hold him because he is the Son of God. So as we look at this today, it is no different. There is hope in Jesus being dead. There is hope in Jesus being dead. You say, why is there hope in Jesus being dead? Because one day he would rise again from the grave. So yes, they did take him. They crucified him. Yes, they laid him in the ground. But there was hope. Because Jesus would rise again. 
Uh, too many times, I, I mean, look, uh, there is hope one day that we'll get to see that blessed hope, right? That's what the Bible says. He is our blessed hope. I have hope that one day I'll get to heaven. No, you say, I, I, I know that I will. I, I understand that. But hey, I have that hope awaiting for me that I'll see Jesus, that I'll sit in heaven with the Father. I'll sit in heaven with the Son. I'll get to do that. Yeah. Just like you, we have that hope. And hope, rest assured that that is going to take place. What did David get to see? Moreover, I, I get to rest in hope. Amen. I get to rest in that hope because Jesus will rise from the dead. Yes. Hey, when the disciples, I, I don't know what went through their mind. I don't know what they had planned or what was going on. But when Jesus had died and he was in the ground, I don't know if they were scurrying around trying to be afraid because Jesus had died. I, I don't know exactly because the Bible doesn't tell us what they were feeling. But Dave, David said we can have hope in his resting, in his death, because he will rise again. Now, if there's a couple other scriptures that, you know, when I came across them, I said, what does this mean? What does this really mean? The Bible says in verse number 27, the Bible says, Because thou wilt leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. So I look at that verse and I say, what does that verse mean? What does that mean that, that he'll leave, uh, don't leave my soul in hell? Because if I'm born again, I can't go to hell, Right? Let me ask that again. If I'm born again, I've asked Christ to save me, can I go to hell? No, no I cannot. So what does this mean that, <coughs> that <coughs> this David, David prophesying of Jesus going to hell? The Bible says in, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 8, the Bible says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, For Christ also hath once suffered for our sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Who did Jesus go preach to? Where did Jesus go preach? When the Bible says that he don't leave my soul in hell, Jesus had the opportunity to preach to those in hell. Now, I understand you say, what does that mean? Uh, why do you see that? Bible says in Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 40, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the well's belly, so the Son of Man shall be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Do you know what was in the heart? And you know what is in the heart of the earth? It's hell. So when Jesus died, he went to hell and preached the gospel preached to him. Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 19 that he went and preached to the spirits in prison. What prison were they in? In hell. Bible says in Psalms that don't leave my soul in hell, neither will the Holy One see corruption. See, hell could not be defeated. I mean, I, I mean Jesus could not be defeated. When he, when he conquered that death, when he died, he conquered death because he rose from the dead. He conquered hell because in the book of Revelation, he has the keys to hell. He has the keys to hell. Now, 
You say, well, that's really confusing. I, I don't know exactly what was preached. I don't know exactly what was said. But all I know is that his soul didn't stay in hell. Jesus didn't stay there. Jesus conquered hell. He conquered death. And he conquered the grave. And he conquered sin. The Holy One of Israel, the Holy One of Israel being the Messiah. Being the Messiah. Jesus. Verse number 28. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life, and thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Who is that going to make us full of joy uh, with thy countenance? That's the Lord. Verse uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2. And looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set down, was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means... That Jesus did it with joy. He joyfully went to the cross. He joyfully died on the cross. He joyfully died. He joyfully did that. Verse number 28. Made full of joy with thy countenance. Now David moves on and what did he foretell in verse number 29? The Bible says, men and brethren, let me speak freely unto you of the patriarch that David, that he is both dead and buried and the sepulcher is with us. He said, look, guys, this David, he is dead. He is buried, but he is not resurrected from the grave. And that that book in in Psalms chapter 22 or, or Psalms chapter 16 was not talking about David because David had died and David is buried and the sepulcher is still viewed today. <coughs> David's sepulcher is a, is a visiting place for people. They go see David's grave, even to, even to this day. And at this point, it was a place that they went and visited, David's grave. But hey, he's still in the ground. He has not been resurrected, much like today, if you look at this. You know, these men... And why, why did David, why did he foretell this? Why did, why did Peter, I mean, what he foretold was that he would die and would be buried. And then also, look at this. Why, why do you think David, as I, or Peter, I'm sorry, I keep saying the wrong word. But Peter, why did Peter use David? Why did Peter not get up and just share his opinion? Because an opinion... It's different. It's difference. And we go around the room today, there's a hundred different opinions. Everybody's going to disagree on something. Everybody will. But when you go to the Bible, you can't disagree with that. And so what Peter did is he said, let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible tells us that David said in Psalm 16 that he would rise from the dead and his soul would not be left in hell and he, uh, he would not see corruption, the Holy One of Israel. Hmm. What he foretold was that you can trust the Bible, much like you can trust the Bible today. There are, like I said, many people that don't trust the Bible. I'm glad we can trust the Bible. Yeah. 
Acts verse number 30. He said they were being a prophet, knowing that God sworn with an oath to him that the first fruits, or the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would rise up and set on his throne. Jesus was the descendant of David. Yeah. So it was the fruit of David's loin that would set at the right hand of God, that would set at the throne of God. It was, it was Jesus who was David's descendant. He foretold of that. He's seeing this, verse 31, he's seeing this before he spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. Jesus' soul, I, I, look, again, uh, again, well, who is this talking about? It's talking about the Holy One of Israel. He wasn't left there. He wasn't left in hell. Jesus conquered hell. <coughs> number one, number one today, what did he see? Number two, what did he foretell? But lastly, number three, is what, is, what prophecy was fulfilled? In verse number 32, through all the way down to verse number 36, this Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Hey, what is the prophecy fulfilled? <coughs> the prophecy fulfilled is that Jesus raised from the dead. He rose from the grave. That's the prophecy fulfilled. <coughs> and, Paul, and Peter says, we're all witnesses of this fact. <coughs> we're, we've seen it. We've seen him rise from the dead. We've seen it. We saw it with our own eyes. We are witnesses. We are witnesses of this. Hey, do you know who the best storyteller is? Is the eyewitness of the story. The eyewitness of the story. Oh, thanks, Brother Pete. Yes, sir. The eyewitness of the story. Well, let me tell you, uh, well, you know, this one guy told me a story one time. Let me try to tell you his story. It doesn't work as good, does it? Let me tell you what I saw. Peter says, let me tell you what I saw. I saw him rise from the dead. I seen him. I seen him. Not only did I see him, the prophecy fulfilled, but then also, you look in verse number 33, he said, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, the coming of the Holy Spirit was proof that Christ raised from the dead. So not only do we see the prophecy fulfilled of what Peter saw, but the Holy Spirit coming down was also proof that the prophecy had been fulfilled. And then in verse number 34, the Bible says, For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith, he saith himself that the Lord said unto my Lord, Set thou on my right hand. David, in Psalms chapter 110, David calls Jesus his Lord. The Lord. No, not very many times do children, not very many times do fathers call their children Lord. He was looking at his descendant and calling him Lord, Jesus, the God. In verse number 36, and he ends it. In verse number 37, it goes into how the people respond. In verse number 36, the Bible says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know, assuredly, that God hath made this, that same Jesus, whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter says to them, he says, look, we've already looked at what David saw. What did he prophesy? What did he foretell? 
And then we got to see it fulfilled. And this being fulfilled is that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Jesus Amen. is Amen. Christ. That, that, let's not have it. No argument. Jesus is Christ. That's right. No other. Bible says it many times. There's no name. No other name given among men whereby you must be saved. The only way you're getting saved is Jesus. The only way I'm getting to heaven is Jesus. The only way that, that uh, people who live a mil- uh, hundred miles from here is Jesus. That's the only way. It's Jesus. Hallelujah. Peter says, this prophecy fulfilled is Jesus is Christ. He's Christ. There is not any other. So may I say to you today, who's Christ? Jesus is. This prophecy being fulfilled proves to us that Jesus is Christ. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What does that mean? That Jesus is not a way to heaven. He is the way. You're not going to get your your way, and I'm going to go my way, and you're going to go your way, and we'll all meet up together. That's not how it works. Jesus is the only way. And it, honestly, this, that honestly is something very sad to me. Because there's many people who do not believe in the Lord. There's many people who do not believe in Jesus. And they're not going to be let in because they're ignorant of the fact. They're not going to be let in because they were led to believe a deceitful lie. Because when they stand before God, the only way that you're getting in is Jesus. Do I have the only answer? I do not. The answer is available to all men. Do I think that I'm the only one that has a corner on the market? No, the Bible is the corner on the market. Everybody can go to heaven. But there's only one way. And it's Jesus' way. It's not my way. It's not the church's way. It's God's way. So may I ask, I'll ask you this and I'll close. Do you know for sure that heaven's your home? Do you know for sure that you were to go to heaven? Do you know that for sure? Because if you don't, Jesus is the way. Amen. Jesus is the way. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for this morning. I pray that you've used me in spite of me. Lord, I pray that you'll bless our time around the altar time and time of prayer. And Lord, I pray that if there's one in here today that doubts whether they would go to heaven or not, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. Lord, I also pray um, and thank you for the opportunity to be able to preach and the opportunity to be able to 